everybody. This is Andrew Gamison with the Speaking Friend Podcast. Grateful to be with you today and grateful to be celebrating this Father's Day weekend today on the podcast. You know, as I go through um, the years doing this podcast, uh, it is an increasing challenge, but a fun challenge to come up with things to share with you on the show. And I'm very grateful to have an exciting show, I think, for you today, and I hope a beneficial one one that you will uh, learn from and grow from, and uh, it will help you as you relate to your father and as you prepare to be a father or as you continue to be a father. Whatever life stage you're in, I think there's something here for you today. And so today the theme is stories from my father, and the reason is uh, because my father has lived a life um, of example to me how to be a good father, and, you know, he, he's not perfect, um, but the awesome thing about my dad is that he would be the first person to admit that to you, and so um, I just wanted to spend some time reminiscing today on the things that my dad has done for me over the years and the lessons that he has taught me, and I will get into that in just a moment, but first of all, I just want to check in with you all and see how you are doing with the quarantine. I know things are starting to open up a little bit more. I went to the dentist um, this past week, and even though the dentist in and of itself is not that exciting or earth-shattering, the opportunity to go to the dentist, that is, it certainly was good to be out among the living Uh, for an extended period of time and to feel like things were semi-normal. So I really actually appreciated it. And it kind of got me thinking that we often do not appreciate the little things. Um, And so, But it was good to go and keep that appointment. And it was good also that it wasn't delayed by the coronavirus. Because I was kind of wondering how they were going to do the comeback, whether they were going to delay everybody or whether they were going to get us in on time. But we were able to get in on time and I had no cavities, so very thankful for that. All right, well, I want to begin today by sharing our quote of the day, and it is from one of my favorite preachers, Charles Spurgeon. You've probably heard me quote him many times on this show. But his quote for today is, Train up a child in the way he should go, but be sure you go that way yourself. Now, you may have heard the saying, the modern saying, do as I say and not as I do. And that can kind of semi-humorously be used um, in families and in situations. One way in which that was manifested in our family is when I was younger, I know that sometimes while my dad watch TV, he would eat food in the living room, but my mom would discourage me and my siblings from doing that because we were much messier than my dad, and so in that instance, my dad would say, do as I say, meaning go in the kitchen and eat your food like your mom said, and not as I do, meaning eat it in the living room. Um, So... But as a general rule and a general philosophy, that is not a good way to father. Instead, I hope that you are using your influence as a father 
to model um, Christ to those in your charge. Um, and I'm really blessed to say that I have a father who did that. And even though he didn't know his father well, I'm blessed to say that from stories that I've heard, um, that the legacy goes back to him. My grandpa's name was Donald Wayne Gomison, and he loved the Lord Jesus. And I'll get into that in a, in a few moments. But first of all, I wanted to share uh, with you a video um, by a man by the name of Joe Haney. Now, Joe Haney um, made this video for his sons and sons-in-law um, a few Father's Days ago. I don't remember exactly. I think it was 2013, if I remember correctly. I will post the video in the, the blog. Uh, so you'll get information about the blog at the end of the show, so you can check that out. But he posted this video called God Made a Father, and it was done in the tradition of Paul Harvey, who did a spoken word called God Made a Farmer uh, several years ago about the work that the farmer puts in that we don't realize. You know, when we go to the store, um, we just pick things up off the shelf, and we don't realize the effort that the farmer puts in to make sure that the things that we get are there to put on the shelf. Now, living on a farm gives me a greater appreciation than I used to have because we're able to have farm fresh eggs and beef. But in general, it's true. We don't realize the sacrifices that the farmer makes. And I think in a similar vein, we often don't realize the sacrifices that our fathers make. So I want to share this video um, from Joe Haney about that very thing, and then I'll be back. And on the eighth day, God looked down on the wonderful world he'd made and said, My children will need a protector. So God made a father. God said, I need somebody willing to get up with a crying child in the middle of the night so her mother can get some well-deserved rest then catch a few hours of sleep himself before waking up again to his 5.30 alarm so he can hurry off to beat the morning rush hour. Somebody who will work hard all day, plus a little extra to get the job done, get stuck in the evening rush hour, eat a rewarmed supper, read the little ones a story and tuck them in bed, and then stay up until past midnight helping a 10-year-old with a science project. So God made a father. I need somebody tough enough to barely wince from the bloody knuckles he gets when his wrench slips while re-repairing the family car, but tender enough to push back tears when his shy seven-year-old reads a poem in her school assembly. Somebody to spend all day Saturday unclogging toilets, searching the neighborhood for a lost kitten, mowing the lawn, getting zapped while replacing a dead light fixture, and cleaning up the paint spilled while the kids were playing hide-and-seek in the garage, and then hurrying to get cleaned up for a weekly date with his wife. So God made a father. God said, I need somebody who's just as happy to listen patiently while his teenage daughter gives him the blow-by-blow of a conversation with her friends as he is to play rough and tumble on the floor with his boys. I need somebody to call his family together to pray every day and then to thank heaven for each one of them by name. 
I need somebody to be firm enough, to be absolutely inflexible about his children respecting their mother, but who will quietly go back to the store one more time because a forgetful child remembers that she also needs poster board for her school project. So God made a father. God had to have somebody willing to keep wearing second-hand shoes and his old jeans with a hole in the knee for another few months so the family can afford a prom dress for the oldest. So God made a father. God said, I need somebody strong enough to apologize when he's wrong and then to bite his tongue when he could have said, I told you so. I need somebody who look the other way when a pretty girl with a miniskirt walks by, but who will pay careful attention and intervene when a car full of ruffians tries to follow her home. Somebody who would gladly give his life defending his country, but who is much more likely to spend his life keeping her strong. Somebody who will love his children more than his own soul, and who will adore his wife more than his children. Somebody who will laugh and then sigh, and then respond with a tussle of hair and a grateful grin when his son says, I want to grow up to be a daddy too. So God made a father. And there you have God made a father. Um, um, I hope that you are rejoicing in your father this weekend. I I hope that you had an opportunity to get your shopping done. If not, um, you will have a couple days yet from the time that this is posted. So I hope that you get an opportunity to Give your father some tangible means by which you can show your appreciation, even though we should be showing our appreciation for our fathers every single day. Alright, well, to start the meat of our discussion, I wanted to share with you uh, just some stories that I know about my father and my grandfather, starting with my grandfather, Donald Wayne. As I told you in the beginning, I did not know him because he died when my father was a young boy, uh, but his legacy is nonetheless passed on through stories. Um, my grandma used to tell me uh, about his outgoingness, that he would walk up to people and say, I'm Donald Gomison, what's your name? That, that he was a stranger to no one, and I think I really picked up on that, and so I'm very grateful for that. Um, another thing that has been instrumental and impactful in my life is his testimony. He was in the Boy Scouts as a young boy, and it was in the basement of a church, and he was invited up one evening. I don't know if it was during a Boy Scouts meeting, after a Boy Scouts meeting, but he was there for the Boy Scouts, and they were invited up into the church sanctuary, I think to see a short film um, uh, that highlighted the song, The Old Rugged Cross. And so, from that point on, after he trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, that became his favorite song. And one other interesting fact about that song is that when my grandmother passed away in January of 2000, she went to be with Jesus while listening to the song, The Old Rugged Cross. So it has a great deal of significance for my family, and it really cements the legacy that He was a godly man, and I look forward to seeing him in glory one day. And I'm grateful that I'm able to continue his legacy through the ministry of speaking for him, which is really my dad's legacy too, because my dad is the one 
who really encouraged me to pursue ministry. And as a result of that, then this podcast was born. I'm very grateful for my grandpa, for his legacy, and for the fact that the stories that were told to me carried it on and inspired me. In regards to my grandfather embracing the old rugged cross as a song, I wanted to share this scripture um, about that, which is, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. So, in our culture today, the cross is a popular symbol and people wear it as jewelry, but for for a lot of people, for the world, uh, if if I were to talk about the power of the cross, they wouldn't get it. They would scratch their heads. They would say, that's foolish. I don't want to live um, according to those rules. Uh, it doesn't mean anything to me except for a symbol. I see them on churches, but it doesn't really mean much to me. But to me as a believer, it is the power of God because I know that the cross is what has secured for me heaven. I know that the cross is what gives me the ability to live a a ongoing day-by-day Christian life. It gives me the desire and the power to do the things that I should do instead of being enslaved to the things that I shouldn't. So I'm thankful for my grandfather's godly legacy and that for him, the power of the cross was um, a power of salvation and that he trusted Jesus for his eternity. Because, Because of that, I will see him again one day um and the next part of this first of all talking about my grandpa's legacy of um trusting the cross and becoming saved by the power of god second of all i want to talk about the gifts my father gave me you know a lot of times in our modern culture when we think about gifts we think about material things we think about christmas and birthdays and, and it is true that there are some really nice material things that we've been given uh, from our parents and from others. I know one of the, re- one of the reasons that I um, am broadcasting today is because when I was younger, my parents gave me a Fisher-Price tape recorder, and I've basically been broadcasting since I was seven years old. So I'm thankful for that tangible gift and the various recorders they gave me over the years. I've always wanted to do recordings. I've I've been fascinated with radio, so so this podcasting deal is not a surprise to anyone who knows me. And my parents really fueled that from the Fisher Price tape recorder on. But when I talk about the gifts that my father has given me, I I think about the gift of his time. I think about all the times that he drove me to things like. Um, recreational activities at Aunt Mary Freebed or sports practices for the Grand Rapids Eagles when I was a kid or church. You know, it was a gift to have parents that took me to church, even if every day, um, and especially when I was struggling after the death of my brother, I didn't want to be there. Um, you know, my, my parents were faithful to take me. They were faithful to teach me the importance of church. My dad was faithful to give me the gift of of holiday traditions like going to the old country buffet for brunch after having family pictures taken for years these things were were the tradition that we did we would look forward to opening presents on christmas eve um you know just different things like that i would watch football with my dad on saturday and sunday afternoons all those things 
are are gifts that he gave me. Um, and he also gave me the gift of Jesus, which is the most important gift. He taught me to love Jesus and to love the word of God. And so I'm so thankful for those gifts. And I want to encourage you that in order to be a good dad, you don't have to be a perfect dad. Sometimes we think, well, um, I'm not ready to be a dad, or I, I am a dad, but I'm not doing very well at it, and you may feel inadequate to the task. May I first of all tell you that that is the the number one prerequisite to success in this area, is to realize that you can't do it, that God has to come in and do it for you. And I'm reminded as I'm thinking about the gifts that my God, my dad has given me, um, like, uh, like I said, um, teaching me to love the word of God, teaching me to love family traditions, um, and even, even modeling the way to love, um, a wife. You know, my dad gets my mom an anniversary gift every month. And so he's shown me by example, how to love a wife. And I hope in the future to get the opportunity to do that. But I want to encourage you, um, if you're feeling discouraged in, in this um, in this journey of fatherhood, or if you are on the cusp of fatherhood maybe, and you don't feel adequate, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. He said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man of you who or what man is there of you whom if his son ask bread will give him a stone, or if he ask fish will give him a servant? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father in heaven give good things to them that ask them? So I know that my dad will do everything he can to give good gifts to me. Um, And as I said, whether it's those Christmas traditions or whether it was going to Ohio with me to get my first service dog, Indy, when I was 14 years old, um, all those things uh, combined are just excellent gifts that he gave me. Another excellent gift that I want to mention before I move on to the next thing is that he gave me the gift of not allowing me to quit. He always encouraged me to be my best. He encouraged me to push through and go to college and not only go to college but graduate um, with a high GPA. This was something that was very important to him. I know when I got out of high school, I was so relieved. I was not a natural academic. I told myself, I don't really want to go to college, but he said, you have so many other limitations in your life. You don't need your lack of education to be a reason why you can't be hired. And at that time, I had no idea that I'd be working in education, but I'm so grateful for a dad who uh, made me or pushed me to continue my education and didn't just let me quit because it made me a better person and it prepared me for all the things that I get to do now. And I think even my studies in communication even help today as I'm working on this podcast. Um, so, so you know, my dad really helped me in so many ways that I didn't even realize at the time. And then 
the third thing, I, well, and the final thing on that regard, too, is that when I graduated in May of 2006, I graduated in the first week of the month. My dad's an accountant, and it's very hard for him to get time off the first week of the month. And at first, when my graduation came up, he said, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to your graduation because it's that first week of the month. It's difficult as an accountant in my company to get off that first week because I have to close the books. And I just remember saying, you know, Dad, I never would have finished school if it wasn't for you. So I really want you to be there. And he made the extra effort, got the extra plane tickets, uh, made the extra effort to take the vacation to be at my college graduation, which meant a whole lot. And he really just showed me uh, how important it is to spend time with your children and to make them a priority in what you do and to give up some things uh, so that that can happen. He also showed me a good work ethic because he said that he would work 24 hours a day before he would make my mom have to go to work um, because her primary goal and her primary dream was to be a mom. And she raised um, 11 children to adulthood and she did it because of his sacrifice as a husband and as a father. So I'm very grateful for that. And, um, this kind of segues into our next thing, which is truths my father taught me. Now, I kind of got into this on the on the second point because the truths that he taught me are definitely gifts. But one of the biggest things he taught me, of course, is that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In this society that we live in today, we're always told to live our truth, to embrace our truth. If it's true for you, live it as truth. But Jesus is the truth of the gospel. The truth that Jesus taught is immutable. It doesn't change. Hebrews says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus had an expectation, if Jesus had a truth or a teaching back 2,000 years ago when he was walking on this earth, it would be the same today as it was then. And the most important truth is um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And my dad certainly modeled that and showed me that. He showed me what it was to trust God as the father of the fatherless, as he had grown up without his dad. But he said, God has been my father every step of the way and has never neglected me. And he said, God will never neglect you either. Um, when I would go through hard times, like my back surgery or like trying to find a job after college, he always said, do you trust God? Do you believe that he has a plan for you? And he was really the, the main one, along with a couple other friends who really just said, you know, Andrew, you have a message to share. And I believe that God wants you to share it. So I think you need to surrender yourself to the idea of ministry. Um, we weren't sure what form it would take. He's like, you know, it could be full-time, it could be part-time. Whatever it is, you need to surrender yourself to the idea that God wants you in Christian ministry as a big part of your job slash vocation. And, and I, I will be honest with you, when I got out of college, 
that I didn't want to hear that because my uh, thought process was to pursue the American dream by by getting a full time job that would allow me to buy a house and marry well and settle down and raise children. Now none of those things are bad, but um, my dad continued to pray for me, and in 2009 I started speaking for him. And in 2012, I was blessed to start this podcast, which just celebrated uh, 400 weeks uh, straight a couple weeks ago. So God has really blessed and encouraged um, that, and God gave me a great gift when he gave me my dad, who then was able to pass on other gifts to me. And as I mentioned earlier, um, he gave me a love for the word of God that was one of the primary things that he gave me a love for and then he also gave me a love for children which i think is sorely lacking in today's society as well because we're very individualistic in the way that we generally live our lives um even when we uh even when people get married and even often christian marriages children are an afterthought and treated more like an accessory than a gift from god which they are and so See my dad walk through his Christian journey and really learn to trust God, like when he had six children and was contemplating whether he should have more, and and found that God was telling him to trust him for the final number, and then nine months later he had my uh, first sister Faith, and he ended up they ended up having um, five more children after that because they listened to God because they trusted God. And so those stories of my dad wrestling with God and coming to a conclusion and coming to an answer that honors God and that then that shows um, the faithfulness of God really helped me. Um, it was really moving to me when my um, brother passed away that my dad, even though he struggled, uh, that he didn't lose his faith. And that he continued to show that God stays with you no matter what difficulties you are going through. And so I'm very thankful for the truth that God has shown me through my dad. And I want to encourage you as fathers, the best thing you can do is to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And the best way to do that is to be in the word of God. And for that point, I just want to share this quick verse. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119, 105. And often we can lose um, some awe for the familiar. But if you just think about this, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. If we want to have answers for life, the answers to life's most pressing questions are found within the pages of the scriptures. And if they're not directly addressed, the principles are certainly there. Would you want to be a man who is going to be or is a, a, a good father? Then be a man of the word of God. My dad taught me to love the word of God. He, he taught me to love the Bible. Um, he and I kind of both have a habit of collecting Bibles. Uh, because we, we like to have different uh, Bible study tools on hand. And he is a big reason why I developed a love for preaching 
the Word of God and a love for sharing the truth on things like this podcast. All right, well, I'm going to wrap up very quickly here um, in a few minutes. But first, I wanted to end by sharing with you a fun video of everybody's favorite comedy, The Dad Joke. So let's listen to this video, and then I'll be back with some final thoughts. Why do the chicken coops only have two doors? Because if they had four, it would be chicken sedans. <laughs> oh my gosh. What do you call a laughing motorcycle? Yamaha. <laughs> a Yamaha. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the greatest babysitter mentioned in the Bible? David. He rocked Goliath to sleep. At what time of day was Adam created? A little before Eve. Get out of here. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. <laughs> All right, what do you call a fish with two knees? A two-knee fish. Two <laughs> I know, it took me a little long. I, late. A cop just knocked on my door and told me that my dogs were chasing people on bikes. My dogs don't even own bikes. <laughs> Did you know the first french fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Oh, <laughs> I tried to eat a clock the other day. It was really time consuming. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Who was the smallest person in the Bible? Ne <laughs> Nehemiah. <laughs> Need an ark? I know a guy. <laughs> How does Moses start his morning? Anybody? Hebrews, a pot of coffee. <laughs> nice. Can February March? No, but April May. <laughs> Who was the greatest comedian in the Bible? Samson. He brought the house down. <laughs> Those are awful. Awfully good. Just like what I grew up with. Again, I will have the link for that video um, and information, um, source information on the blog. Um, so make sure that you connect with speakingforhim.blogspot.com. That will be repeated again at the end of the show. I hope that you have an opportunity to spend some quality time with your dad this weekend, um, to have fun with your dad. One of the reasons I included the dad jokes is because my dad likes to tell jokes um, and read jokes like from the Reader's Digest. So one thing I will always appreciate about my dad is his sense of humor. So with that being said, I will just uh, wish you a wonderful Father's Day weekend and encourage you to keep serving 
the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.